0: Hello all, welcome once again to the Kindred Spirits Enneagram podcast. My name is Chris Hayden. I'm the pastor of Kindred UMC and this week we have Jay Patterson, who is a realtor and an all-around great guy, uh, you will hear as a person of strong faith. So if you're interested, and he he helped Courtney and her husband Matt buy their house. If you're looking for one, uh, his information will be in the show notes below. So if uh, if you would like to be a guest or you have any questions, please feel free to reach out, uh, email us at kindredumc@gmail.com at gmail.com, and like, rate, review, share, subscribe. That all helps. And with no further ado,
1: away we go.
0: CraigBot is now recording. We love CraigBot. OBS Craig Bot. Is now recording.
1: Wow, with okay. no issues.
0: Yeah, it seems to be working fine.
1: All right. Amazing. So, Jay.
2: Yes,
0: so sir. glad you're here, Jay. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate you. I'm happy to
0: be here. <laughs> we I love Jay. I want to say, um, whatever we do virtual ones, and I have my ears on, I can't hear myself mm-hmm. talk. I have a tendency to scream into the mic a little bit. I'm going oh. to try not to do that. <clears throat> Maybe I can yeah. hear if I do like this. Hey, yeah. do I sound like a normal that's... person now?
2: You're good. Just in case you scream, I'll just let my wife know everything's okay. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's important. Don't. Nobody call the cops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's some innovative <laughs> energy right there.
0: Innovative <laughs> energy.
1: Yeah.
0: I like well... uh, I like alliteration.
1: I didn't realize that was alliteration, but...
0: Yeah, innovative energy, that's illiterate.
1: I guess it is. I guess it is. They're similar. Some...
0: My mom was an English teacher, man. I got the grammar yeah. terms on lock.
1: That's true. You and that grammar, anyway.
0: You, you want to watch me observe some poetic structures? Right now, I'll do it. Wow. I'll pull up my multicolored <laughs> pens, and I will highlight motifs. No. I
1: always kill English, so... Your mom would
0: be very disappointed in my uh slang choices. No no she was into slang. That's that's the thing.
1: Slang Period. Also,
0: yeah, that's also that's an important part of English. Like that's an oh, like okay. the like ha- how we adapt and and use language for fun is an important part of culture. Like she would be totally down with that. Oh. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you I, I don't know if anybody else is old enough to remember when Ebonics was a thing.
1: What's Ebonics?
0: So it, it was when um, the schools oh, tried to incorporate like urban slang as if mm-hmm. it was like one thing. And let's let's face it. It, it was largely motivated by like black versus white stuff. But it was very ignorant of, like, dude, from city to city, you're like, what are you going to do? You, you're going to incorporate all of the slang in all of the U.S.? Like, it's not going to work. Yeah. So it, uh, it didn't go well. Let's just say that. It didn't yeah,
1: go that's well. a big yikes.
0: But enough about my grammar n- nerdery.
2: Did everything go you guys hear' me?
0: oh j- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I think we are I think we're having some slight uh bandwidth issues
2: yeah it looks like you guys disappeared on me for a second
0: i can mm-hmm. I can see everybody now are we good
2: now, okay, yeah, you guys are good right now, okay, Let me still cut
1: my roots aren't good right now, I need to redy those anyway
0: okay. Um, so Jay, have you had the opportunity to take the Enneagram
2: test? I did. I took it a few days ago. I think I sent Courtney the results as well to the same day. And, um, very interesting test. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I didn't agree with some of the things and some of the things I was like, okay, yeah, I can see that, you know? Oh, we're going to get into all
0: of that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, so Jay, uh, two questions for you. One, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And two, can you tell the world your Enneagram?
2: Yes, let me actually pull it up here because I do not remember it from the top of my head. So that way I'm not just. So give me one second as I pull this up. OK, cool. All right, awesome so a little bit about me my name is uh jay patterson my full name is uh jay dell jay like the bird Dell like the computer i was actually born in uh kingston jamaica in uh that sounds practice sounds- say what <laughs>
0: that, that, that sounds practice jay like the bird dell like the computer <laughs> like that's Oh, gotta, that's all the time yeah that's got to be like the i don't know 108th time you've said that or something Give or take. Give or take a couple thousand. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, a lot of people get my name wrong, so I just kind of just decided I'm just going to go by Jay. This might make life easy for people. You know, I've been called everything under the sun except my name sometimes. So what's your I what's your is my-
0: full first name? J-Dell. j Oh, So J like the bird? J like the computer? Oh, okay. Del. So Dell's not your last name. J-Dell is your full name.
2: My first name. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, Patterson
2: is my last name.
0: Okay, sorry. I, I, I lost track of that. See? This is what it's like to be on the other side of it.
2: Not a problem. Not I thought, a problem.
0: I thought your name was Jay, maybe Jason.
1: Oh my gosh. Dell. Like,
0: you know, <laughs> Jason Dell. Your name is Jay Dell Patterson. Yes. Got you.
2: <laughs> yes, that is correct. Yeah. So, yeah. J. Dell Patterson. Uh, I go by J to make life easy for people. Um, I think where I was. uh, Yeah. Born in Kingston, Jamaica. Was there for about three years. Came over to the U.S. Got got Americanized. Grew up in New York for the majority of my life. Then afterwards, you know, went to Pennsylvania and a few other states before, before I actually finally found my way back here to Florida and then went back to Tennessee for college. And then after that, joined the military And after about four glorious years of the military, got into real estate. And that's actually how I met Courtney.
1: Yes, Jay was my real estate agent who helped me buy a house. So if you need a good real estate agent, you should work with Jay because there isn't anyone better.
0: You have like a varied background. Who? Like you've been, been, Jay, you've been overall uh, like a lot of the places in the country like you've like you had to have at least pass through them and oh, then yeah. you've also kind of lived in like lots of different places i can't imagine no. wh- where were you stationed like where where did the the military take you
2: well the first stop was in uh well, after basic training in fort lenwood missouri I actually went over to fort sam houston in san Francisco, texas and then after that went to fort benning and Georgia, for airborne school because I- paratrooper Yeah, it was pretty what? cool. And then after that No, 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 no no, 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 go back.
0: Go back, go back, go back, go back. Tell me everything uh, about being a paratrooper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am
2: That's pretty cool, man. I'm
0: I am
2: <laughs> well, glad I can bring some light to your life. That's awesome. Um, now it's pretty cool. Uh we definitely. Had, it was a different experience. It's a funny, funny story. Is I didn't know what I was getting into because um, they said, "Hey, you'll be a paratrooper." I didn't know what that was. I said, "Hey, it's whatever gets me in." And it wasn't until I actually got to the airborne school that I realized. And I looked up and I saw them jumping out of planes. and I'm like, "Okay, what did I get myself into?" You know. <laughs> um, but it was pretty cool, man. I mean, I remember my very first jump during airborne school. Um, they shifted the plane around. And instead of being the fifth jumper, I ended up being the very first jumper, and so that's pretty terrifying for the very you, first jumper. Are jump you attached to anybody at this you, point? No, you're just attached to the to the cable on the plane. Oh you out. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the, the crazy thing is, is that, and they've opened the door and for you. And when they say green light, go, you have to stand in front of the door. So I'm standing there for thirty seconds. But the door wide open the wind's hitting my face and then they give you a big old like tap on the big,
1: rear
0: it's like what is like a c130 like big old like c130 mhm c130 yeah 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 mm-hmm. so there's a giant it's like it's like in the movies where the big yeah. <laughs> the big butt the big butt of the plane opens up it folds down and you just like you're attached to like some you know like cable line it's or called- something up
2: Static line. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then you just, and then you go.
2: That's actually a tailgate jump. So what they had us do was actually called, it was called a side door jump, where you jumped out the oh, side okay. doors. Mm-hmm. It's more towards the front of the plane, or it's yeah. towards the back of the plane before yeah. you get to the ramp. So that one's even more crazy, because I actually prefer the ramp jump, because you kind of just walk off and you just go. This, you actually have to stand yeah. there, get your hands, and then jump out. And
1: that's insane mm-hmm. man that's crazy
2: yeah it was it was pretty wild um so i, I did that in fort bragg north carolina for about two 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 and a half years and um it was different when you're with the 82nd airborne division and air fort bragg because they in my brigade specifically they were very very hung on what's called combat jumps And so for combat jumps you have to have like a 35 to up to maybe 100 pound rucksack dangling between your legs in addition to your body weight in addition to about a 40 to 45 pound reserve parachute in addition to the 35 pound parachute back in addition to your body weight so you're carrying a lot of body weight and then you got to jump and so as you can imagine with all that weight as soon as you come out you're just going straight down and of course the only thing slowing you down is that parachute hit the ground like a sack of potatoes
0: holy cow man crazy the, like uh and also i would say paratroopers are you know um, we haven't had like a full-on world war ii level invasion but like in mm-hmm. something like paratroopers are the first you, you're maybe the most dangerous position other than, like, a CIA operative or something, like, you know?
2: Especially back then, uh, like, um, like, World War II and everything, when they were pretty much doing those combat jumps, and they would literally kind of shoot you out the sky, that, that, that yeah. stuff was more dangerous. Nowadays, crazy. It's more you're, and you're short. landing
0: behind, behind the lines. Mm-hmm. Like, your yeah. whole job is to land behind and come up from behind to make mm-hmm. way for Like, that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's it's pretty
2: wild, and like uh, typically with airborne units, typically they were, were designed to be able to be able to deploy within 18 hours, right? So it's very very quick. So
0: it's always so scramble,
2: always scramble all the time. Yeah, and that's if you're on you know, they they activate you, and you're always on status. Yeah. It's Called like GRF, status, Global Response Force. So if anything pops off, they say, hey, we need an airborne unit. You're ready to go. It's very stressful.
0: Have you seen? Have you seen these, uh, it's, I think it's the British Marines that I've seen where they have these like jet pack guys now where they, the they'll Marine? deploy them. Yeah. 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 The, um, the, the, how, what is it? The, her majesty's Royal Navy or something. I, I can't remember what it is, but it's the, mm. the, they have these jet pack guys where, oh. uh, they'll, they'll put, they'll deploy them on, um, like speedboats, and they're literally self-contained jet-propelled. They have like two jets on their arms, and like a pack. And they'll like over the ocean. They'll like deploy off of a uh, a like a speedboat and onto like a tanker. And they'll have yeah, and then they'll have like their own little like they it's they usually only carry a sidearm um and then they like deploy they can like fly onto a a royal tanker i mean a a tanker and then like and then they'll like throw a ladder over so that the rest of the marines can come on board like the god just i i am (laughs) fascinated by this stuff that's pretty crazy man
2: yeah no Um, that's that's perfect but um so i guess kind of back to it
0: yeah, I was going to say, what, what drove you into the, so you went from moving a bunch into the military and into real estate, like what drove all of that, do you think?
2: Uh, well, for the military, um after I finished college, my goal was to do something medical because I've always kind of had, I've always had a big service heart and. Always stems back my mom and how she kind of she raised us and took care of us and how she just always impacted other people's lives, always being a servant first, and not asking to what she can get in return. It's always serving first, and that always impacted me growing up. And so my goal was to get into the, the medical. Field. And so after I finished college, I was okay. Well, what's next? And I wanted to get into the military, um, but I had opportunities before, but I just never took them because I felt God was calling me to go to a certain school. And after I finished, everything kind of just started showing, kind of lining up for me to be able to go into the military because I tried the Air Force. Um, they pretty much said, you know, come back and talk to us when you get your doctorate. So that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, nothing against them. My brother's in the Air Force, got nothing but love for them. But just at that time, it just wasn't my cup of tea. And then you I want to be, be in, to in the Navy staff. anyway. If you're
0: going to be a pilot, you want to be in the Navy.
2: Well, actually, funny story. My original goal was to be to be a Navy SEAL back when I was in high school. Oh, really? And everything. Yeah, everything actually lined up um, for it. Like I knew the recruiter. Um, he knew my family. Everything was just lining up for that. And then it was at the very last. And when he said, hey, man, whatever college I'll go to, we'll pay for it. And so when I told him what school I wanted to go to, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's like we, we that's like a private school. We can't take care of that he's like if you go to a public school we'll pay for everything and so when i
0: said I any kind of school through,
2: said, right and i was like you lied <laughs> yeah that's not the truth <laughs> for you him, said but something at that time yeah. like, exactly exactly but yeah at the time i had to make a decision and it was like either go to the school or try to become a navy seal and I felt God just impressed me like He really wanted me to go to this school, which ended up being a blessing because that's actually where where I can
0: you talk wife. a little bit about so, the because uh, you you mentioned a couple of times like you felt God calling you. Can you <laughs> can you just talk a little bit about what that feels like? Because I think there's a lot of people that I you know I'm a pastor like I I have felt that I know what that's mm-hmm. like for me, but I think that's a foreign experience for a lot of other people too. Uh, can you just like what was that like for you? Absolutely. And
2: honestly, even to this day, man, it's, it's it's an enigma for me, honestly. But it was just like this, this very strong sensation saying, you need to do this. And so I was like, it wasn't like, it was just kind of doing anything random. It was like, I was very, very meticulous and very deliberate what, what I wanted to do. And I just wrestled with it, but it was like, you need to do this. And so I just listened to that, I guess that voice, right? and it just ended up being a blessing i mean i was there for five awesome years i have awesome friends that i've met there and like i said i met my wife over there and they're some of the best friends that i have even till today i've never regretted it, it since but it's just- did
0: it, it did the, did the calling make sense logically at at like first
2: no it didn't um I, I know was that's like, a hey, loaded can- question yeah no, it didn't make sense at first because um, I was like, why don't I just go to school and not have any debt? You no.
0: Know? <laughs> right. right, <laughs>
2: They'll pay for everything. You know, I don't have to worry about it. You know, I'd, I'd be a few grand, few grand cheaper, richer this day if I didn't have to do that. But um, it just didn't it didn't make sense at first. And like I said, wrestled with it for a while. But it just that calling, that sensation, just that 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 feeling just became stronger and stronger and stronger, and it wouldn't go away. And it was like, if I don't do this, something I, something will be wrong. Or like, it won't be right until I do this. And so when I had made the decision, and um, told my parents, and at first they were kind of taken aback, and they were like, you know what, we get it. Like, we get it. And so the recruiter was like, blown away. He's like, really, this is like a chance of a lifetime. And I was like, yeah, but, it, It's just not for me. It's not what God wants me to do. This is where He wants me
0: to go. Right? So Yeah, I I I, one of the things we often talk about at at our church is the there there's there's a counter there's always a counterintuitive nature to following God's way. Mm -hmm. Like there's it almost always requires a counterintuitive kind of decision. And the classic example, like the cross is the example, you know, like how, how, how can you possibly defeat your enemy by dying? Like, Mm. like what, how in the world is that going to work? And like, how can the cross, which historically has been a sign of, you know, oppression and torture and Mm -hmm. like this power structure that will crush you, how can that be a sign of Forgiveness and freedom and reconciliation—like, how can that be a sign of eternal life? It's a sign of death and shame. How can it possibly be forgiveness in life? Like, and there's something about God's way that is always I find in my life and in the people I work with. Like, there's a counterintuitive nature. It almost always requires a moment of surrender, where you go, Mm -hmm. like, all right, here we go.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean that's why the good book says not to lean on your own understanding, right? I,
0: I think there's a no, lot no to that. It. I think there's a lot to that. So, okay. Oh, so uh, this is an Enneagram podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, can see, <laughs> I can see Courtney wanting to talk about Enneagram numbers and types and things. I, I appreciate that.
1: You know me, always having to keep us on track.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, so, are you prepared to reveal to the world your number and your type? Okay, I right, drum roll. Bam!
2: I am a Type Three Achiever with a three W two wing. Gee, you don't say! I don't say. I don't know. No uh, it's a shame on.
1: Wait, me. you you were gonna guess he was a three?
0: Uh, based on. Uh, yeah, I th- I think a lot of people who succeed in the military and then mm-hmm. move on to real estate are achievers.
1: That's <laughs> fair. That's and that's spe- fair.
0: especially real estate. Real estate is such a competitive, sales-oriented. It's like uh, you like you make numbers. And then same with military. military. is like military don't give a fuck how you look or how you smell or what you sound like. Like they're interested in are you effective. Like, are are you doing the job correctly or not? Because <laughs> lives matter. Exactly. Right. It's it's a number. Right. I'm gonna
1: say a bunch of things about type three. Jay, if you want to listen for things you identify with, Bach yeah, out, question. Um, you're kind of gonna direct the conversation from here. Um, but I do want to talk about you know what enneagram is and why we love it and all that. Ooh. So, all right. So the enneagram is a. Uh, motivation-based personality assessment. So it's all about why you do what you do, not what you do. Okay. So the reason that some things might be accurate for you in the descriptions of the type is because a lot of what they're describing is personality traits, not motivation traits. Okay. So as a three, you are the achiever, which means that a core motivation for a type three is to be valuable and successful Um, It's also really important to note here and not something that a lot of people touch on that it's not just being valuable and successful for type three that matters. It's also being seen as valuable and successful. So the core fear for a type three is of being worthless or unsuccessful. Um, I use worthless very specifically because threes um, tend to live out life Um, thinking that what they do really matters. And so it really matters for them, for their worth to be acknowledged, for other people to see that what they bring to the table matters. And um, they feel rejected, cast aside, not good enough when those things are rejected. Um, So the core longing of a type three is to be loved just for being you and not for what you do or achieve. Um, Well, hold on,
0: let's let's go back to the, the core motivation and the core fear. So do you, so what so far have you heard that you identify with or that you're like, nah, that's not me?
2: Well, the driven portion for sure. Um, I definitely identify with because I, I feel like my entire life, that's just, that's just been who I am. Probably kudos to my mom because she was that way, you know, anything she did, she excelled at. If she went somewhere, she always made it better. And she moved on to the next thing, made that place better, moved on to the next thing. Um, To kind of give context, my mom was a she was uh, an educator and a principal. And so towards that latter of her career, she went to schools and she pretty much made them better and just kept moving on to the next one, made it better. And that was instilled in me seeing that growing up. So the thing I don't really identify with. Oh, sorry.
0: Let's get back to that. I just want to point out. The, the other very typical type three that we often talk about is uh, my pastor and Courtney's pastor, a guy named John Legg. He's, he's very typical type three. One of the most important lessons that he taught me, and I, I'm, I think I'm a type one, but one of the things I remember him teaching me, and because he was my youth director when I was a teenager, was um, wherever you go, make it better. Like, like it is your yeah. responsibility to improve the room, and and like that's very type three mentality, and it, and it and it's an important lesson. It's something I carry with me, even though I'm not a type three. Like that's a thing that I have inside of me that I cherish and I love. Yeah, your job is gave to me.
1: help us know well.
0: Hmm.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I, I mean, even what I do, what I used to do. Um, with the working with a couple agents, that's kind of part of what I, what I was instruct what I had to do. I went there, I taught, coached, mentored some agents to help them become better. You know, what skills do you need? What activities need to do? What can you do? What's the one thing you need to do that such by doing so everything else becomes. Easier. Yeah, it's,
0: it's not a, it's not an entirely selfless, um, philosophy either. Cause like. In my experience when I've done that, I it it, it makes me invaluable. Like it I mm-hmm. it 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 I mean like that's not the motivation, but I end up fi- I find myself kind of being really valued and important in an organization or a community because my whole goal is like how do I improve this? How do I help? What's what's going wrong and how do I help, you know?
2: Exactly, and that's more my motivation. That's why the part that I don't necessarily agree with, where it's like, if I don't, get about, if I don't get acknowledged and, oh, what was me? You know, <laughs> uh, it's, that's just for me, that's not who I am. For me, it goes back to the service. Like, I'm doing these things. It, I'm doing these things to serve other people, whether it's my family, whether it's my coworkers, whether it's my customers, <laughs> you know, like, especially when I work with Courtney. I was doing everything to make sure that her and Matt got what they needed. And I tried to do it to the highest level possible to make sure that all their needs were taken care of. And that's something that I
1: say about Jay is the reason that we decided to go with Jay as our realtor, which is why I actually don't think you're a three, which is why I was surprised when Chris said he thought you were. Um, But one of the reasons that Matt and I went with Jay when we were looking for a realtor is I remember like just talking and, you know, I'm pretty like, I need to know the plan. If I don't know the plan, I get freaked out. If I get freaked out, then I spiral and I get very anxious. And Jay caught on to that from our first conversation. And there were multiple times where I would like just like spiral because buying a house is stressful, and nobody tells you how stressful it is. And it just
0: it helping feels- these poor idiots make the most important financial decision of right. their entire lives.
1: But from one mm. conversation with Jay, as a type two, as someone who I is at- I say it,
0: poor idiots, very uh, reflection-like. Nice. Yes. I, like, yes. I, I, I yes. was in desperate need of help from our realtor, like helping us poor idiots make our most important financial decision of our lives.
1: But yeah, as a type two, as somebody who doesn't express their needs very well because I often don't think of my own needs because I'm constantly thinking about other people- one conversation with Jay I distinctly remember he was like yeah in our initial phone call you said this this way and you you expressed this concern and I was taking notes and that led me to think okay Courtney is is anxious about this 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 and this so here's all the resources that I now have so that when this inevitably comes up I can give it to her and I was like oh my god like that's, that's that was one of the reasons we went with you is because you were so like caring and kind and for the people that you are working with, which is why think, I actually...
0: You think he's a two?
1: I do think he's a two. I do think he's a two. I think he's a 3 a seven.
0: I think he's a three-wing, too. Maybe I could be a hybrid. So, I don't know. in your own uh,
1: words, Jay, how would you describe, like, what's the thing you're most scared of?
2: Not most scared of? It's a great question. Um, i will probably say Most scared of probably would be, I guess, not doing what God wants me to do. Um, Probably say that's the thing I'm most scared of, and that can trickle down. So not
1: doing
2: the right thing. I guess you can say that. I guess I would say, um, I guess yeah, not doing the right thing or missing on opportunities to be to help other people, witness to other people. Right. There's always opportunities but agree.
0: Yeah. So I, I would I want to press into the not doing what God wants me to do. What what would that mean if you were doing not what God intended? Like if you and not mm-hmm. something necessarily bad, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily like heinous or, you know, evil, but just like off the mark. What what would that mean for you and, and for the people around you?
2: Uh, honestly, it's actually very, very simple, man. Just not being consistent with my relationship with God. Um, um, and for me, that's not doing the right thing because at the end of the day, it's really a relationship. And if you don't keep working and cultivating that relationship, uh, it's not going to help you as you continue to move forward in life. And it actually it changes or affects how you interact with other people. Like my wife knows when I've been time with God and she knows when I, I haven't. Like, it changes things. Like, I'm more irritable. So, what are, the, more
0: what are the consequences of being off, like, like if you're not following your calling, if you're choosing mm-hmm. your own path, what are the consequences of that? Do you think? The consequence of not following your own calling. Of, yeah. Of, of, of the, the calling that God intends for you, versus like, making your own path.
2: see so, yeah. I would say uh, the consequence of that, or could be a multitude of people that God could have used you to impact, but instead of following His way, and you followed your own way, those people's lives probably wouldn't have been impacted the way God intended. He always can change things around, put call an audible, and have someone else call in. But He could have had wanted you to be impact them in a certain way,
0: the only way that you can. Because all yeah, of you, us may are be, you may be you may be a two wing three. A
1: two or a one, is what yeah, I think. You- yeah, you may be a it's, two. it's either three. it's either a two or a one, but I'm gonna guess two just because, okay, so type twos, um, that's my type. Um, so the core motivation for a type two is of being appreciated and loved. Um, and the core fear for a type two is of being rejected or unworthy of love. Um, So it's often described as being wanted and needed. Um, So choose are very self minimizing in a lot of ways, but they're also very others minded. So everything and I'm talking from my own experience, because that's what I am. Everything that I do is for other people. Like, I'm constantly thinking about how other people think how other people feel. Are they mad at me? Am I, you know, close enough with the people that I care about? Um, Am I investing in those relationships? And I often associate it with like goal lines. So for me, it'll be, oh, Courtney, did you get coffee with so and so because you haven't gotten coffee with them in six months, and you're not being a good intentional friend because you're not reaching out. Um, So for me, like my relationships, the people in my life are the most important thing to me. But that often causes me to not think about my own self, my own needs, my own thoughts, my own feelings.
2: Hmm. No, it makes sense. Do you identify with any of that? I do identify with that. Not the totality of everything. Um, like for me, uh, if if I haven't had coffee or a beverage with somebody, I'm not. You know, I, I guess I don't feel like I I don't feel bad about it. In a way, I like. I'll make time to connect with that person, but it doesn't like. It's not a detriment to me in a way. Um. But I think I'll, I'll have them, okay, I need to connect with this person. Cool. But first I have to do this, 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 this. Let me make some time in my schedule so I connect, can, can connect with that person. And that way we can catch up, connect, talk business ideas, grow from that. But it's not like it doesn't weigh on me in that way. Um, I don't know if that makes
0: sense at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It does. I, I think you've got a I think you've got a strong wing three.
1: Yeah.
0: I think you're a two with a strong wing three. I mean, like, you know, like, I'm not a huge, I'm actually not a legalistic Enneagram kind of guy. There's a lot of people who are like, do not type other people. Like, yeah, whatever. We're all just like, I don't hold on tightly to just about any of this. Um, Mm -hmm. But like what you're describing sounds, it sounds like your major focus is uh, supporting and helping others. Which yeah, tends to be a type a type two, generally speaking,
1: yeah, and the fear for that is that fear of rejection or being unworthy of love, whether that's from your mom, whether that's from God, whether that's from your relationships, like it's that that unworthiness of the love that is freely given to you
0: mm hmm yeah how do how does that I, I just based on what you've said so far here this Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot in the dark. Like, Feel free to... I'm not attached to this. Correct me. Um, I would guess that if you are a type 2, there would be an inclination within you to be like I really got to make the most of this opportunity uh, otherwise I'm wasting God's grace and, and God mm-hmm. might not like me that much. And not because that's not theologically well, not, correct, but it, I'm more talking about the feeling of it than the like the actual truth of it. You know what I mean?
2: Mhm. I don't know if I think God will like me that much, because in my head, I'm like, I guess I just know that He's always gonna love me. He's always gonna to take care of me. You know?
0: Yeah, that's what that's so what I, I mean. I like think... we all like that's yeah, absolutely hundred yeah. percent true. <laughs> um, but, but there are times when I feel like God's not pleased with me and, and that feels bad, even though mm-hmm. I know that God, there's nothing that I can do to ever separate me from God's love and grace, but it still doesn't feel great.
2: And that's yeah, more like what a, I'm getting at, at. You know, like a child and the parent, like if the child did something wrong and the parent looks all stern and the child's like in the field, like, oh no, mm, mm you right. know.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, so I I definitely I definitely relate with that.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, I I think you might be a two type three or two wing three.
1: Something very specific that I want to ask, just from knowing you and working with you, Jay. Um, so twos are notorious for being bad with boundaries. Um, so for me, like, I'm very self minimizing. I don't prioritize myself. It takes a lot for me to physically put myself above other people that comes very naturally to some people for me it does not working with you you i remember that like one of your big things was you had a sabbath every saturday and you did not do work how so my question is good on you right i'm working at being better about that but my question is like can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like for you? What your relationship with boundaries looks like? Because it's something I'm trying to learn and be better at.
2: No, absolutely. And honestly, I'm, I'm still still working on it. I'm not perfect. <laughs> my wife can tell you that. Definitely not perfect. But um, it's more of kind of just I had a conversation with God and um, just just a lot of prayers. Like, OK, I need to I need to I need my goal into real to get into real estate. Was to be able to serve a lot of people, take care of them, and inevitably run it like a true business where I can fire myself, right? And part of that is so I can be able to spend more time with family, right? Spend more time with family and get into other opportunities. And so I had, after much thought and much prayer, I can't do that if I don't set, set schedules in place to make sure I don't cross that line because then I'm taking away family time because if you say yes to if I say yes to Courtney and Matt and Chris doing one thing I'm saying no to spending time with my wife spending Mm -hmm. time with my nephews and, right so if I don't stop work at six seven o'clock eight o'clock then I'm not going to have that time with my family and because that means something to me that's a consequence you know I don't I don't get to spend that time. I don't get to continue cultivating my relationship with my wife and it affects our relationship. So when I think about goals, rewards and the consequence, what means more to me, then that's what helps me be able to factor in that boundary because I know that on the other side, those things are more important to me. And if I don't put that boundary there, then things are only gonna get worse.
0: Does that See, make sense? <laughs> I, it makes complete sense. It makes I think, total uh,
1: sense. I meant yeah, all you're, of it.
0: You're hundred percent right. Um here's the thing. like just as I mean, I don't I don't want to like fall into the trap of typing you, but I keep on I keep on going back and forth. You when you talk, you remind me of uh some other type you, you remind me of John. you he, he reminds me of John Legg. You remind me of uh, a another Type Three who was a a mentor in my a very important father figure mentor in my life, like very like close personal you know relationship to me, and the way you just spoke is like that's some shit John would say, like, like that that is exactly how John would look at it, and he is a he's a hard three. Wing two, I think. Like, he is very, very achiever oriented and also very, uh, like aimed towards supporting and helping other people and like being empathetic and, mm-hmm. and like every, I don't know, I, I, you remind me a lot of him. It's, it's a little bit I'm going from my gut here based on, not Lord based God. on what you've said, <laughs> but based on what it feels like. You feel like him to me. You feel like uh like even the way you're describing how to be a family man and how to be a successful businessman and how to be a like a good citizen, like all of it seems very achievery in in that like yeah, you set goals and you achieve these goals through like controlling it through self-control and discipline and like being present for your family and like there's something about that that's very like that feels very type three to me <laughs>
2: well I'm, maybe i'm just a weird person um and I'll say this real I don't quick. think you're weird at know. all i I think
0: you, you type threes are we we owe uh, like uh, just indefinite amounts of gratitude. Just like type threes are the people who move things forward. World in, changers, like, for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, like so. Like, oh. and th- everything you've said is like, mm, I think you're one of those guys.
1: Yeah, very entrepreneurial. Very like wants to be valued and successful. Um, very, they're natural chameleons, so they know how to work a room. They know like what to talk about, how to talk to people. Um they're very like they are feeling center but they often repress those feelings because that feels vulnerable and vulnerability is hard for type 3s. Um any of that identifying with you?
2: Do. Um the vulnerability part I probably say that was more true probably once upon a time. Um I probably say probably is I've I don't know, just matured over the years and, I mean, God bless God and God bless my wonderful wife, you know, that's kind of just changed things, you know, because I, I did kind of have a hard heart. I kind of, like, you know, put up built a wall around myself back in the day and I would do all those things you just talked about, but I wouldn't really let a lot of people in my, the center walls, you know, and it really mm-hmm. wasn't until like, I met my wife and those kind of just coming down and now I have a, awesome in-laws that I actually like you know, <laughs> and I got my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you God. Know? And I, can... yeah, it's awesome. And I got my 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 nephews and nieces and my in-laws all came today. And I mean, I came downstairs, they all ran up saying, "Oh, dio t-o, T.O.T. To just finished for Uncle," and they're all jumping in my arms and stuff. And I love them as if they're on my own. You know, me my too. Yeah. Hey, so you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. My so. uh, my
0: mother-in-law sure. uh thank god, she's like an amazing cook. She makes Mexican food like nobody's <laughs> business. And and hey, uh, and then my my father-in-law, he's like a he's like a, you know, Kansas farmer guy. And he's just kind of like tight-lipped and like, yeah, well." Somebody's got to wall the fields, you know. He's <laughs> like, <I never> got... <laughs> like thank God for good in-laws. And then, yeah, and then oh, yeah. I've got you know, lots. I've got a lot of nieces and nephews. I never ex- I, I'm an only child, so I married right. into nieces and nephews. It's <laughs> <That's>
2: awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. It's it's beautiful. Like, God, God bless good in-laws. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I was definitely blessed, blessed for sure. I'm glad to hear that you're blessed as well too. I'm sure Courtney is blessed as well too.
1: Uh, oh yeah. No,
2: nah, I mean have, a, yeah, man. Like I have a great mother in law. She treats me like I'm her own. Um, like my sisters in laws, my brother in laws. Like we have a good, we have a very good relationship. Tio, Tio. And I know if anything happens, i always have my back. I don't hear anything yeah. you're saying.
0: Oh, can you hear me now?
2: Okay, I can hear you now.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I I mean, you know, it's ultimately going to be up to you to decide who you are, where you are, you know. Uh I feel I feel strongly about my three-wing too. I, I feel <laughs> I feel pretty strongly about it. Oh, I think sure. I no, that should not be that should definitely be taken with a grain of salt cuz I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, Courtney's the real expert. She knows what she's doing. Like, I'm just kind of winging it. I'm, I'm here to just, you know, draw out uh, stories yeah, from um, your childhood and, and talk, tell me about jumping out of airplanes and stuff. That's, that's my main role. But, started when I was uh, all that being said,
1: I feel I, I pretty confident.
0: I, I, I think you're a three wing two. I think you're a three wing two. You remind me of three wing twos, of whom I've met several.
2: <laughs> well if it's a compliment
0: Cool you know
1: <laughs> yeah, Oh yeah it, definitely it, a compliment
0: And it almost certainly means that you're going to be Very successful in business And that you're going And especially with your You have a strong wing too I think
1: mm-hmm. Which is
0: If you're a three I think that's where you want to be Because that, like It provides a lot of balance Because three, threes can be Because I have a strong wing three I think <laughs>
1: Now, you can't well, have a wing 3 if you're a 1.
0: Yeah, let's I I don't know. I don't know. I I don't care. I I have a strong influence of of tri
1: type. Three maybe be whatever. Type.
0: I, like I have a strong like I want to be somebody and I want to make a difference. Oh, like, that's
1: also and, legacy type 1.
0: Well, maybe that's it, you know. But like, so I identify, I identify a lot with it and, and it can, it can lean very heavily into arrogance. Like threes can be very self-absorbed and not, not care about other people. And so having a strong mm-hmm. wing two, really like, I, I think, yeah, I think it keeps you human. I think it keeps you engaged and keeps you connected, which ultimately ends in like a happier, more lovely life. Like
2: I would agree, you know. I would agree. um I think really kind of comes from that 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 uh, that God God being the center of everything too, because He was very service oriented, you know. Instead of versus Him having other people wash people's feet, He washed the
0: feet, you know. Yeah, spent a, spent his first night in a feeding trough, man. Like yeah. left left the throne of heaven to to sleep in a feeding trough.
2: Yeah, seriously, man. Like and that's that's like, the god we worship. Exactly, and so I think of that. I'm like, who am I? So like, who what, what can I? If I can emulate the as humble as you, how I interact with my friends, family, you know, anyone who I come and interact with, with, that's that's who I want to be, and I think that really is a difference maker, because. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard the the disc profile um, because the disc profile, I'm actually a a DIC, ironically um, for that and, um, oh, you too? Okay. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. When I
0: took it, Um, I will say when I took it, I, it was, they only prioritized the first two and I was a DI. That's
2: crazy. Yeah, no, mine actually weird so like i'm actually an equal balance of all three and um it was pretty oh, really disturbing. yeah so like in the military a lot of them are dcs dc 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 you know that's to the point let's do it let's go and vary in the details that's where the c comes in and mm-hmm. it's my eye it's cool to kind of sneaks right in there because then it kind of makes me human it balances me out because I come up with people influence people let me just come up alongside
0: you hey man what's going
2: on what's up man you know (laughs) go back to the
0: ebonics right (laughs) Right. (laughs) depending on which city you are from in hey, new york baby you know? <laughs> there you go yeah yeah. yeah. new york oh, new york yeah. is gonna have a very different ebonics from like detroit or la <laughs> oh most definitely most definitely yeah. <laughs> but it's also it's also like a universe well, maybe this is the internet i don't know but it's also like a universally understood like everybody kind of understands where you're coming from the minute you start being yourself
1: mm-hmm
2: yeah.
0: You know, no, it kind of doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter what language you're speaking. Once you start speaking authentically, everyone's like, oh, I feel safe and comfortable around this person now.
2: I don't know, man. I tell my wife about that. She has to correct me because when I get comfortable, when I get really, really, really comfortable, like laid back, like it really, it comes out and she's like, hey, speak better. You know,
0: <laughs> so, <no. laughs> okay. Oh. Well, I don't want to cause strife at all, but uh for no, whatever it's know. worth i i I, incur, I encourage everyone to be who they authentically are speak how you really speak express you know like i i think uh if you're express if you're authentically expressing harm then like hey man let's deal with that like let's like mm-hmm. the, we have mechanisms for that within the church like let's come to jesus let's talk about it you know like mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're authentically expressing who you are and it's like just authentically who you are i i i'm all for that like i just encourage all all kinds of that
2: that's awesome man because
0: god loves wondrous variety you know
2: i mean shoot i mean look at who who he had him fall around with him for a few years you have fishermen tax collectors Right. Prostitute, you know, and fishermen, I mean, their vernacular wasn't exactly, you know, the best. <laughs> so especially back then. So I can imagine how they used to talk before they got converted. And even when they were with them as that conversion process kept going. Okay, up. this is,
0: okay. You know we're we are approaching it. This is the la- I'm gonna just do a little bit of a sermon that just real quick. I I'll be real quick, yes. I promise. Oh, and then yes. we can cheers on our way out. So uh so the way that Hebrew So, rabbis in the the turn-of-the-century Hebrew culture, rabbi, Mm -hmm. or turn-of-the-millennia Hebrew culture, rabbis were like rock stars. You wanted to be a rabbi. The way you became a rabbi was you would come up through Bait bait Midrash, Bait Sefer, you would come through these schools. If you failed out of these schools, you would take up the trade of your family. Huh. Maybe that. that would be a fisherman so this rabbi jesus shows up one day and he comes to fishermen which means that they have failed out of Beit midrash like they failed out of all of their schools so he comes up to the failures who have taken up their family trade as fishermen and this rabbi says the words that every rabbi would say to disciples that would be their disciples the, to, the, to the ones who have graduated Harvard, a rabbi would say, Follow in my footsteps. In other words, watch what I do, learn to do what I do, do what I do. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes to these washout failure fishermen and says, Leave your nets behind, follow me. Follow in my footsteps, do what I do, learn to do what I'm doing. So, like, God has this, and this is, and this plays out in the Old Testament too. Just God has this way of like choosing all of these failure dropout what? dummies. <laughs> like, he's like, Hey man, I'll make, oh, I'll make, man. I'll make descendants of Abraham out of these stones, man. Like, like I don't need your permission. Oh, like, watch this, watch this. I'll make an entire revolution out of these fishermen. Watch this. Like, <laughs> and that's what he does.
2: No, man. I, that's why I appreciate him so much. I'm like, if he could do that with them, man, he could do anything with me. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> all, all it takes is a little bit of surrender.
2: Oh, every day, man. Daily surrender.
0: A little bit of <laughs> surrender. Daily. Man. Okay, so we, we always we always end our podcast with a cheers to whatever you would like to cheers towards um And it can be anything at all. It, it it can be a kind of a prayer, kind of a salute, whatever you like. um Does any would anyone like to go first? Does anyone have a, a, something right on their mind? Yeah, I'm
1: gonna I do cheers.
0: actually. Oh. Oh, ladies first.
1: Ladies first. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers to the fishermen. I love it.
0: Sure.
1: Love it. I love that I get to be a there fisherman. You go. All right, Jay,
2: how are you? I love that. I want to cheers, um, send so a cheers just to God, honestly, just for being how how good he is and the fact that he's a divine healer because my sweet little cousin is in the hospital with COVID and she was actually going, taking a turn for the worst oh. and we just got to hit that miraculously she's actually, like, doing a lot better. She's actually stable right now. Oh, yay. And they thought she So...
0: I'm cheers really glad that. to hear that. Really glad to hear that. Appreciate uh, it, yeah, it makes it makes my cheer. I was gonna cheers to realtors. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it makes my it makes my cheers Wait, seem no. so bad. I got you. Uh, I got you. I do. I do think there is something very serious to uh, people. Like, I cannot tell you. You only list once. <laughs> I can't Amazing. tell you. Uh, how um, how emotional the process is. Like, it's such a big, it's such a big decision and it's so important and and it is, like, it's a one-time thing. Like, you you get the chance to get it right or not and Mm -hmm. you really need the help of somebody who knows what they're doing. Like, somebody who actually has some experience and some competence and some empathy for, like, hey, I, I know you're going through a big thing right now. Let me help you. Like, And, and uh, I, know, I know that our realtor was very, very helpful when, when we were going through that process. And from the stories that Courtney's told me, I know that she has a great appreciation for you, Jay. Oh. So here's to the realtors who are helping us poor idiots make the most important financial decision of our lives.
1: <laughs> Cheers. To Cheers.
0: To the idiots. Yes. To the idiots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we'll get Jay's uh, real estate Facebook page and everything like that up in the links when we release this so that if yeah, you're it'll looking be, to your it'll home, be in the
0: description below.
1: You can
0: yeah.
1: hit him up. Because you won't regret it. He's the yeah, best. Yeah, if you're in the Orlando area,
0: hit him up. Actually, anywhere, anywhere, it doesn't matter. Oh, anywhere, anywhere. Oh, I don't care if yeah. you're if you're in South Africa, man. If you're in
1: oh wait Germany, uh, if you do if if you do LA, I have another friend for you. I'm gonna send her your number.
2: I appreciate you. <laughs>
1: she's she's looking for to move out to LA, so I'll, uh, I'll send her your number.
0: Okay. At some point I do have to stop the recording. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop. We can say goodbyes and stuff, but I'm going to stop the recording now. Okay. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Jay.